Good afternoon, it's Thursday, January the 19th. My name is Cleo Flynn. You're welcome to your English language, English time here on Radio Sura de every Thursday from 1 to 1.30. You can listen back to the programme on any of your online platforms and I post the links on the Adeche Town Hall Facebook page from later on this afternoon. Today, doing the Dakar Rally in pink and we'll have our monthly financial review with Karen Cochran. But first, let's have a roundup of local news. Adeche Council is making the final preparations for the celebration of one of the borough's patron saints, San Sebastian, one of the best-loved celebrations in the borough and all over the island of Tenerife. The main event is taking place this Friday, January 20th, with Mass in the San Sebastian Church in La Galeta at 12 noon, followed by the traditional procession to Dila in Ramada Beach. If you are attending, please do follow all the safety instructions, especially when the horses are on the beach, as your security and theirs is a priority. The first working day yesterday of FITUR, the Spanish Trade Tourism Fair, saw the team from Adeje attending a series of meetings dealing with future strategic plans for the destination. Mayor José Miguel Rodríguez Fraga said we are working on plans that would see more connections between our resident and tourist populations for the benefit of both. The plans are based on access of social, economic and environmental sustainability. The excellent recovery of the destination with over 1.7 million visitors last year with an average spend of €1,500 per person would not be possible without cooperation between the public and private sector, said the Councillor for Tourism, Adolfo Alonso Ferreira. Adeje Council and the University of La Laguna, the ULL, have signed an agreement to extend the cooperation between the two bodies, with Adeje offering increased facilities in the borough for more degree and postgraduate courses. The agreement consolidates the existence of a proper university campus in the borough, with the town's cultural centre and adjacent buildings in constant use by ULL students based in the south. Adeke Council has organised a series of roundtable participation events under the second Equality Plan. The Borough's Equality Council has taken part in the first of these events and reported very positive level of feedback. There will be a series of meetings in different parts of the borough. The next meetings are on Tuesday, January 24th in the Tijoco Bajo Cultural Centre and Thursday, January the 26th in Fania Bay. To take part in Book Your Place, send an email to igualdad at adeje.es or call 922-756244 and the events are in Spanish. Registration is now open for the next series of Spanish classes for all levels. You have until March 13th for classes that will run from March until June. More information and registration links on townhall.adeje.es or by calling into the Adeje Cultural Centre during the week. And finally, unions have called a strike for air traffic controllers in the privatised control towers of some Spanish airports at the end of January and in February after negotiations collapsed with employers over working conditions. The strike will affect 16 airports in Spain, four of which are, in, are here in the Canary Islands, Fuerteventura, Lanzarote, La Palma and Aliero, causing disruptions not only directly at these airports but indirectly over Spanish airspace. The strikes have been announced for the following dates. January the 30th, February 6th, February 13th, February the 20th and February 27th. Now, let's have a little bit of music. One of my favourite tracks, Dex's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen.
Joined for the first time this year, 2023, by our resident financial expert, Karen Cochran. Hi, Karen. Welcome to English Time this year. We, as we always do, we had a little chat before we started to record and you gave me a list of what we need to be looking at this year. And there is so much to unpack that what we've decided to do today is I'm just going to hand the microphone over to you for a minute and ask you to just go through all of the important financial Things we need to look at dot com this year, and then we'll go back. Going to go back and look at one or two today, but this will be kind of the agenda for our chats over the coming months. And as always, if people want to get in touch with us and say, "I need you to explain property tax," or "Can you explain how I can buy a second home in the Canary Islands?" Please do so. So, Karen, over to you with this complicated list of things we need to be aware of this year. Okay, um, as I say. People need to reach out and ask if they want more specifics around these things. I think for me, these are the important issues. So um, sexual harassment in the workplace, uh, there's an obligation to do a course. If you have workers, uh, you know, in your firm in Spain, you need to have this course done and it needs to be renewed annually. All of the workers have got to do it. Now, why am I, I jumping on, on the bandwagon with this? Because the fines are not to be sneezed at. The minimum fine is seven grand. That's 7,000 euros on the spot. So it's not worth it. Um, the course in itself is, you know, I'll go into more detail uh, later, but okay. it's, that's important. The next thing would be the model 720, which is the declaration of assets. It's not a tax payment. Tax payment. Anyone resident needs to do the model 720 if they've got assets outside of Spain. And that can be homes, businesses, or savings. We'll come back to that. Exactly. Exactly. Control of crypto. Now people think that crypto uh, coin, um, Bitcoin or or the similar is something that isn't controlled by the governments. And I think that this year is going to be the year that a lot of people will have nasty surprises. So I would just mention that because I've got quite a few clients that have invested in, in the crypto. And not just here, but also outside. Now, it's such a big thing that they're actually projecting a 721 model, a 720 declaration of assets, but they're specifying only a return for crypto. So you can see how that's going to pan out. They are definitely putting their focus on that. Um, We're still waiting for the final conclusion of the digital nomad law. Now, this is a biggie for the Canary Islands because I know of a lot of people that, you know, are digital nomads, pop over to the island, they stay here for a while, et cetera, et cetera. And this will also help the Brits post-Brexit as far as their visas, et cetera, concerned. So I think that this is a big one that people need to know that it is in the pipeline. They have, uh, from July last year, they've been playing around with it, but it's still not firm. But I expect in the incoming months that there will be. So I think that that's going to be a great thing for everyone. Another thing that's a newbie that uh, workers, if you are off sick before you had to hand in uh, your sick line from the uh, GP, from your GP, if you're off uh, poorly from January onwards this year, you don't actually have to do that. So if you have a firm and you expect your workers to give you the sick lines, that's not happening. You, they don't have to do it anymore. So that is a big change, okay? 
reminder of the registration of hours for workers. This is, again, is another biggie because they're ginormous fines. And the concept of flexi, just a reminder that flexi time in the Spanish uh, mentality or legality does not exist. So you can't contract somebody for five hours a week and bring them in when those the hours that you want them in or you need them in. You have to specify when you do the initial contract. And they're supposed to sign in and sign out for only those specific hours. So it's just a very gentle reminder in capital letters that people do take care with that. You have to register your workers' hours and you have to keep that for five years on record. All right. So that is a big thing. And lastly, but certainly not least, it's affecting a lot of my dear clients who are in business here, the self-employed tariff, what you pay to the Social Security or the National Insurance for your self-employed business has changed radically in that um, they, they say that if you have lower profit, you're going to be paying less. So um, what it has created is the obligation or the need that you know your profit loss because every month you need to know if your profit margin has gone up, you need to pay more self-employed social for that month. In this respect, this is a big call out for people to get their paperwork into their tax accountants so, uh, in real time. Right. So that is a very comprehensive list and some really interesting things coming up, like the digital nomad law. I think the cryptocurrency would definitely be something we we'll need to come back to. I mean, we want to come back to all of these. But today we're going to take a slightly more detailed look at two biggies, the 720 and the sexual harassment um course obligation. Now can we start with that because what I was curious as to if an employer doesn't do it, um how would they be found out? Would an inspector just come to the company and ask if it had been done or can a worker report the fact that their company hasn't carried out this course? Both things and what we're suspecting is that a lot of the trade unions because um it's not just the the fine on the spot if you uh have an, a work inspection. It's if you fire someone and the first thing they do is they'll take all of their paperwork normally to a local trade union. And the first thing that we're seeing that the trade unions are asking was, have you done the sexual harassment course? Mm-hmm. Because then they will go on to any WhatsApps that have been sent, any emails, any communication, anything that could be termed sexually harassing. Mm-hmm. Um, the worker could then say, right, well, I'm going to take you to court for this. And it's a parallel issue. And they, the, the worker can provoke a situation where although they, don't necessarily get compensation. The government will certainly fine, and it could go up to forty, fifty thousand euros. Which, in some cases, post COVID, you know that businesses are fighting for their life. So, paying out, um, you have two options. You could do it directly and pay it yourself. And I have done it myself for my firm. Um, mm-hmm. No holds barred. Let's be honest here. And it's cost me one hundred and eighty euros plus eighty per year. Okay. And the second year is only 50 euros plus 80 to, to keep it legal. Mm-hmm. So you compare what, how much it costs you to what the fines are. It's, it's a no brainer, basically. And, and um, I have to say, I think it's, you know, a good idea because, um, you know, it, it's good for people, especially young people coming into the workforce for the first time. It's very important that they know their rights. I, I I see it as just being another thing that is a cost and, and, you know, for a firm. However, it's not bad to have good feeling and, and good and pe- be pe- for people to be lines. aware. But 
yeah, to, for people to be aware of what is proper. And I mean, in today's world, unfortunately, you and I have a certain age. We didn't need a course to know what was right. But a um, lot of the men the, who maybe have employed us did. Perhaps, perhaps that you are right on that. So those blurred lines, and I think that the lines and across a lot of things in society in today's world have been blurred. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we do need to be we need to be told how to behave. Exactly. All right. The other biggie, um, and it's just it's like the the hardy annual, isn't it? The seven twenty because it doesn't go away. So just remind people what it is, and if you've already done it. Do you need to resubmit the form? Okay. Um, if let's start with the easy one, uh, or let's start with the definition again. Um, the 720 is a declaration of assets. What does that mean? Anything that you have that has a certain value of 50,000 euros, okay, or more, you have to declare that when you become tax resident in the Canary Islands, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be that the fines for not declaring it were 10 grand. So that's 10,000 euros per person. That has been abolished, but the, the fines still are quite big. But we, we haven't seen any yet. So I can't really, I prefer not to say, well, there are 1,000 or 500, whatever. I haven't seen anyone find us yet under the new um, European interpretation. But you do have to do it, okay? And it's not a tax payment. You yeah. don't have to pay tax. It's I have these assets, I have these properties, I have these bank accounts, I have these shares. Um, and I repeat, it's not that you have to have 50,000 euros worth of shares in Tesla to be able to declare it. It's if you have 50,000 euros of shares in general is where you'd have to declare it. If you have a home that's shared with 10 brothers or sisters, because that could happen, that you know, in Ireland, we have a lot of people that have big, numerous families. You inherit the seaside cottage that's worth a hundred thousand euro, and you're, there's ten of you. People would say, "Oh, I don't have to declare it because I've only got a tenth share, and, and my tenth share is only worth ten percent of it." I thought hundred ten thousand euro. No, it's the unit value of the asset that you have that needs to be declared. So okay. in that case, the house is over hundred thousand is more than fifty grand, so you would have to declare it. Do you have to repeat the exercise if your asset? fluctuates yes so if the cost goes up or radically down no in property you would have to sell the property or buy or inherit another property oh, okay if, if your only assets are a property okay if however it's um this this is this is something that you need to be careful with if you have a product a financial product that renews itself in that they sell it and they buy another product because a lot of people that i deal with have that type of product in that the financial investment, it's uh, the product of this particular um, policy isn't great. Let's sell this and reinvest it in something else. Mm -hmm. So if that happens, you've created a new policy. Therefore, it's a new asset and you have to do the declaration. So what would I say to people? If in doubt, consultant, pay a consultancy specifically to you, to a tax consultant like ourselves, and then get, you know, from directly from the horse's mouth what you need. Okay. Karen, how can people get in touch to if they do want to do just that? You can contact us via Tara Biz uh, on Facebook uh, with a message there. I'm on Facebook as well, Karen Cochran. You can also contact us via email, kch at taracondado.com. Or you can phone us, old-fashioned uh, phone call, 922-753432. That's obviously a Spanish 
Number 9227534322. For one night only, Sherlock Holmes comes to Adeche. The Speckled Band is a classic Sherlock Holmes tale, probably one of the first locked, roomed mysteries with a determined young woman as its heroine. Delve into the highly deductive mind of the super sleuth in this English language production with everything we have come to expect from a 19th century murder mystery. For 10 years and above, this will be a night to remember. Sunday, January 29th in the Adeje School of Music. Tickets on sale now at tomaticket.es. The game's afoot. The game is indeed afoot, and I'm just going to remind people there are two shows coming to Adeje next week, one in German, one in English, and this is part of <coughs> ongoing moves by the Cultural Department and the Mayor to make sure that the foreign language population also has cultural uh, offerings. So Der Sturm is on on the 26th of January in the Adeke School of Music. Sherlock Holmes, the Speckled Band is on on the 29th. Tickets are selling well, but they there's still a few left and it's tomaticket.es and when you go into the page, if you go up to the left hand side, you can see that you can click into English, which might make it easier to buy tickets and then you just click on the seat you want and buy your ticket and we hope to see you there. So that's something to look forward to and we should be talking to people from both productions on English Time next week. But now I want to talk to uh, a man who has a very interesting story to tell and I met him a couple about a month ago. His name is Rafa Lesmes and he was part of the first team in the history of the Dakar rally to raise awareness about the early detection of female cancer and the existence of male breast cancer. Um, So welcome to English Time, Rafa. I said I'd get you on the radio and I have. Hola, Cleo. Hello. Nice to speak with you. It's good to talk to you again. Let's jump straight into this, because the last time I saw you, you were relaxed. We were at the Think Pink dinner before the Walk for Life. Um, and, and now you've been and come back for to the Dakar rally. But go back a bit. How did the Dakar for Life happen? How did the idea begin to emerge? Well, um, um, I am. First of all, excuse me, my bad English. Yeah, I will speak. Slowly. I know your English is good, so that's. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, well, I beg your pardon. Well, uh, I have been uh, collaborating with uh, Fundación Canaria Carrera por la Vida a long time, and uh, also my passion uh, is science. Many years ago, the the the, the motorsport competition. Mm-hmm. When I take the decision to go to the Dakar 2023, I have been with Brigitte one day and I talked to her, listen, why not we use my participation in Dakar to send a message uh, about the breast cancer awareness? This is Bridget Chippen we're talking about, the founder of, of, the, of Carrera por la Vida, Walk for Life. Exacto. And uh, in that way, uh, thinking that it was a good uh, idea to send a message in this fascinated and uh, very, very heavy race, we started to to work uh, with this project. And uh, I'm really surprised and I'm really very happy with the uh, way that this Dakar for Life has been uh, living during the race. Now, I know Bridget Jippin. If anybody says to Bridget Jippin, I have a good idea, first of all, she listens. And generally, second of all, she says, do it. 
and you just <laughs> did it. Um, and I, you, were you the very first pink car buggy to be in the Dakar rally? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was very fun because, uh, at the first moment, she talked to me, then we will paint the, 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 the <laughs> well, color of And I said to her, no, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> Nunca. <laughs> no, but, if you're going, you have to be pink. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but uh, really, uh, you know that um, a motorsport project was very, very interesting for me, and it's my passion. And to be in the most uh, hard race in the world, it's always something that uh, all the people who usually uh, make uh, motorsport competition, we, we are looking for, yeah? Because so so you dreamed of this for years? Yeah, exactly. We have been many years without uh, participating there. The last was, the last Dakar was in uh, 2007, so 15 years ago. But you took part in 2007 as well? Yeah, this is my uh, number three participation. Wow, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Excellent. Why? I mean, okay, I don't understand it because when I get into my car, I like it to take me home in as comfortable a a way as possible. But the Dakar Rally is the opposite. Is it not the most uncomfortable race as well as the hardest race? Yes, it's 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 the top. I mean, if you if you if you love this motorsport, you 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 dream to be in the Dakar minimum one time in your life. Okay. I have had luck, and uh, this is my third uh, participation. And with this uh, project, plus the responsibility social that we have uh, made with the uh, Fundación Canaria and Thinking Europe, really, we 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 have made a, a very big step up. It was really fantastic. Uh, and to, in to, that sense, it wasn't about winning. It really was about taking part, wasn't it? Yes. It is, um, and of course, it was a good idea to 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 have all the all the team, the car, all our equipment, everything with this uh, stark rose uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuchsia. Yeah, it was. It was really, a fuchsia uh, color. It uh, was yes. It was yeah, a yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what I was going to ask. How did all the other team members, all the other teams? React when you turned up with your pink car. Where did people ask you what you were doing? Did it help yeah. raise awareness? Exactly. Most of them uh, in the in, in the beginning they say, "Whoa, what's that? <laughs> Why rose? Why rose?" And then when we give them the explanation, they say, "Oh, wow, fantastic! No, well, it was it was a big impact in in the race for all the teams, uh, people from organization, everybody." came to us, to us, uh, asking why, and then giving us uh, the applause because it was uh, something new for everybody. No one has made something like uh, we we did in this uh, race. And as, I mean, you were talking about it as one of the hardest races, and it was possibly seen, I don't know if there are women who take part, but it is generally a male race, so you were there as well at raising the awareness that breast cancer can occur in men as well, so that was important. Yes, 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 yes. No, really, really, and when, well, as, as you know, we, we didn't, we did not finish the race. It's very hard, Cleo. It's really terrible. Really, really terrible. <laughs> and we, we have been, uh, on the race, uh, seven days. 
It's wow. a 15 okay. days race, but in the day seven, our car was uh, uh, over, out, broken. But still pink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was impossible. It's a pity to, 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 to arrive to the end, to the finish. Okay. But oh. anyway, when, when we came back to the Canary Islands and to Spain, it was a fantastic surprise for us to see how our message has been uh, all around, not only Spain, also in Europe, we think in Europe. But and well, you won in that regard. You are yes, winners for that. Yes, yes, yes. We, we, we lose in the race, but uh, we, we win <laughs> in the message. And what's next for you, Rafa, before we go? Have you, have you plans for next year? How, how are you going to surprise us? <laughs> I don't know, really. <laughs> I, I think I need I, I need more days to to have my my head my mind clear and to to study about uh, the, the the different options. But I'm sure you'll come but, up with something. <laughs> yeah, it it could be it could be because I think that uh, it's a good way and uh, as, uh, this uh, sport project plus the uh, social responsibility. It's nice. It's I a good, mean, it's a good partnership, happy. it is. Yes. yes okay, is, Rafa. Well, stay in touch and we will, we'll talk to you again when you come up with your new idea. That's Rafa Lesmes, who was, uh, the Dakar for Life, I suppose, uh, creator in, and the inspiration. And thank you so much from the foundation for what he did. Right. We're going to leave you with a bit of Madonna. Apparently she bought a painting that the, uh, mayor of Amiens in the north of France thought had been lost. It's a painting called What's it called? I'm looking for the Diane and the Endymion. And the mayor of the town has asked Madonna if they can borrow it because we believe that she has bought it. But we're going to have a listen to Madonna. She's launching a world tour as well. And this is Vogue. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for your call. And uh, a big saludo to everybody in Tenerife South in Adeje. Okay, Rafa. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, and thank you to, to uh, Gonzalo Lopez in the control room. My name is Cleo Flynn. Until next week, have a very good afternoon.